0: I'm Carrie and I'm Sydney and this is surviving hashtag trending
1: trending I think we are all super familiar with this word especially thanks to hashtag Twitter um, I don't think we can escape it at this point it's pretty much ingrained in everything we do and in that I think there's a lot of fun things that we can explore and some funny experiences about trends um, there's also some serious so we're excited to kind of dig into that today and share our perspective on what trending means.
0: Right. There's this is a really rich topic. And there's actually more that goes into why people follow the trends and follow these silly little fads than you would think. And um, you'd be shocked. I'm the one that did a lot of research this this week. I'm sure that they did too, but I actually did a lot of research and found a lot of studies explaining the science behind why we do these things.
1: Which I'm going to confess, I did not do a lot of research because I have been dealing ah, with some family crises, crises. Um, so my family took precedence this week, and I am thankful that Carrie did the research because, although I had so many intentions to do it, it didn't happen.
0: I'm but standing in the gap.
1: Standing in the gap. In case you guys didn't know, Carrie is a rock star, <laughs> and pretty much in every way that I fail, she steps up and she's like, got it, all the time. So
0: Oh, whatever. You complete me.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'm just... I'm not a rock star. Although I do have rock star hair. Let's be honest.
1: And tattoos. And, and a studio. Thing. I mean, let's just be... And a blog. And a podcast. Carrie's a rock star. Okay. All right. Is,
0: All right. I'm going to give you five minutes to stop this, and then we're going to move on with the podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that that's the beauty of our relationship, is when... One of us may be going through something. The other one can just step into the gap and just fill that void. And I may not do the research as amazingly as you would, but I found a lot of interesting stuff. And I'm just going to jump out with that. That, since we're on the topic. Um, <clears throat> so I found it super interesting. In psychology today, they talked about like how groups influence us. And one of the things, they took 140 men, and they sat them down in front of computers, and they showed them pictures of women. And all they had to do is click, are they attractive? Do you find them attractive? Yes or no? And so the men went through this process completely alone, just them and the computer, and they were not seeing anyone else's results. Their results were reported, and then after an hour or so, they were asked to go back to the same computer. They were to sit down, and but when they saw the picture of the woman, they also saw how many different men... Had found her attractive. And the amount of women that men either found more attractive as a result of what their peers were doing or found less attractive as a result of their peers were doing went up exponentially. It was like a shocking amount of people were like, oh no, my gut is, she's not attractive. Yet, when you find out that 37% of the guys in the group found her attractive, then all of a sudden she's a little more interesting than
1: she was before. Which boggles my mind. I mean, I have to, I guess, preface this by saying I have always been an against-the-grain person. So this whole topic is going to be very super interesting because when I think about that, I'm like, oh, the stupid guys. But, like, there's something to it. There's, It's obviously bigger than just choosing to be a follower we are kind of hardwired to be followers and i mean let's just be honest men more than not but in that i just find it super super fascinating i think it's super cool and i I'm, I'm curious i apologize if it sounds ignorant did they say why that is the case
0: well it's this principle called social proof and basically what the principle of social proof says is that we Are more likely to be drawn to something to either desire something to want to participate in something whatever if others are doing it as well and There was a lot of evolutionary speak in this, but what I could really glean from it when I boiled it down was is that you know if you look at it from the Part from the perspective of a Christian, you know sin is bound in the heart of a man And we want what somebody else wants. Mm. We want that thing that the other person has. And it was found over and over and over again that standing out from the crowd is actually a cause for concern and alarm with a lot of people. Now, this is said by a blue-haired woman with multiple visible tattoos. So, like you, Sydney, I've not been much of a follower for a good portion of my life, but I have been a follower at times. And one instance is really standing out to me. I was quite young. Now, y'all have to know that I love the color blue. Not like, oh, I love, you know, popcorn. No, I love the color blue. If something were to happen to my husband or anything, I would literally change my name to Carrie Blue. Honestly. I Blue makes me happy. There's just something about it that just resonates with me. And it's more than just like, oh, it's my favorite color. It's really my favorite color, but it is just so much deeper than that. But I've always loved blue. My whole life, blue has been my go-to color. So I remember there was a day, probably fifth grade, and a bunch of my friends and I, we were all standing around and somebody was like, let's go around the circle and everybody tell what their favorite color is. And so as it worked its way around the circle, I realized there was an alarming trend happening. Everyone, everyone was saying that their favorite color was purple and pink. Purple and pink, purple and pink, purple and pink. And as it started to work its way around to me, I had this moment of angst as only a fifth grade girl can have. And I started to literally sweat and panic because I was like, if I say blue, are they going to think there's something wrong with me? Are they going to see how different I am than everyone else? Are they going to know That you know what is wrong with me that I love blue and every other girl is like purple and pink and as it got around to me And it was my moment of truth per se Everyone I remember I could just feel the eyes of everyone boring down upon me and I paused for a second They were all looking at me and I went purple and pink and Literally everybody exclaimed and squealed as only a fifth grade girl can do And I was so excited because we all had the same favorite colors in that moment. Now, I was not brought up a Christian. I had no sense of shame based on the fact that I lied. I had such overwhelming shame in the fact that I had denied myself and my favorite color to fit in that it really, really stood out to me. And it has marked me as a person. I mean, I would love to say that I've never done anything to fit in. And there were times when I did not want to stand out but that essential part of me that i could see it very clearly that i could very easily become a follower and just go with the crowd and totally deny myself unless i fought against that
1: and i think that a lot of people just opt not to fight against it which i'm i'm super excited that you had that profound moment as a kid and i think i look for moments like that in my children which may sound awful, but I look for those moments that are shaping them. I want to watch their facial expressions and how they're processing it and how they're feeling, maybe because I'm hyper-analytical, but I don't know. I'm excited that you had that experience because I do feel like that experience alone can change your life, and I wish more people would feel that moment instead of just saying, okay, well, it was accepted that I chose their answer and then continue to be quote-unquote sheeple. I mean... I don't know, I'm, I get excited by moments like that. And I have not had a moment like that in my own personal life. I was actually in therapy this morning before we were recording, and my therapist said, You know, you're just, you're so cool and different. I was like, You know, I don't really see that. She goes, Well, I have other clients who come in and they're very smart and they, they're like you in a lot of ways, but they just don't have that confidence. And I said, You know, I don't think I have confidence. I think, At a very young age, I just realized it's okay to be different. It's okay to have a separate brain and to not want what everyone else wants. So again, it's really difficult for me to understand, but I think if more people could have that moment and feel it, if it's acceptable to feel, this whole podcast would be a different scenario. So I love it. Thank you for sharing that story.
0: I mean, it's a silly little story, but it just does show that how quickly, even as children, we want to conform and we want to... Not stand out, and we want to blend in to the crowd. And I will say that, you know, I'm sure that I have shared on this podcast before. I was not brought up in a Christian home. And when I was saved, I was saved in a fundamental independent Baptist church. I did not wear pants for years. I did not own a television. I did not read anything other than the Bible and Christian lit. I followed that crowd very staunchly and really tamped down and squashed my personality, my creative spirit, because I felt like that was my sin nature. And I really think that there's a big difference between expressing yourself and being an individual and who God created you to be and your sin nature. I think those are two separate things. God created us all as individuals. He wants us all to be unique creatures he gave us all different gifts and talents and he wants us to use them for his glory. If we all had the same gifts and talents, if we all were exactly the same, then there would be no, <clears throat> the, the church would not be served as well because the, everyone would have the same talents. The church would ha- be in great need. So I think there's a need for people like me who don't necessarily just go with the flow or who don't, aren't afraid of standing out, who aren't afraid of being different, but who desperately love Jesus. And, I think it's important that there are people who can look at me with my blue hair and my physical tattoos and they can say, okay, if that lady is welcome in her church, then I know I've got to be welcome. There.
1: Okay. So I agree. I think a lot of people, um, in the church particularly want to fit that worldly like view of what you should be as a Christian and how you should go to church and how you should dress and how you should do your hair and the speak that you have. And I think that really gets us into the vicious cycle of, when we ask people how they're doing, oh I'm just blessed and highly favored. That's the like how are you really doing? Because I know there's been many times when people have asked me, and I'm like, I'm not doing well. And that's not the answer they want.
0: Well, and I do want to make a distinction. That there is a difference between being yourself and being an individual who God created you to be and being inappropriate. I'm not I do not dress in an inappropriate fashion. I do not I'm not outlandish or overly sexual in the way I dress or anything like that. But I'm just, I am who I am. I have tattoos. I have blue hair. I love my blue hair. I foresee myself being, well, first of all, I literally am a blue-haired grandma. I am a grandmother, and I have blue hair. But I foresee myself being eight years old with a blue tent over my completely gray hair in fact when my hair is completely gray and i no longer have to lift it in order to put the blue on this will be a glorious day for me (laughs) (laughs) i'm looking forward to it but back to the color thing super quick because i wanted just to make sure i threw this out there that they they did a research study in 2007 and they had people click on a color on the screen that they gravitate towards the most and the color that was chosen the most by men and women across the board was blue. Women did not even choose red as their favorite color, as the color they gravitate towards the most. They chose blue time and time and time again. On average, the women rated the redder shades a little higher and the men did browns and things, but blue was the number one color that people were gravitated toward. So that has to tell you something. If you're in a study where you're told to very quickly Click on the color that you love the most, that you gravitate towards the most. And women without thinking, click on blue. Yet in their culture, they walk into the the little girl section of any store, everything's pink. Everything is pink. You walk into a hardware store and there are pink hammers and pink screwdrivers. Because apparently we can't operate it without it being pink. I don't know. So I just find that so interesting that, like, the, the social pressure that must be upon women to make them want pink more than anything else. I just found that very interesting.
1: Yeah, well, when it comes to blue, because I am also a blue girl, um, blue is the shortest wavelength to the eye in the color spectrum. And that makes it one of the most dominant colors we see. So we see more shades of blue than anything else in the world, which makes sense why it resonates with people and why people love it. I mean, it's a good color and it's the easiest for your eyes to perceive. So that makes sense. It's the best color. Let's just be real.
0: It is the best color. Yeah. It is. Let's just be real. So, Sydney, I've shared a couple of ways I was a follower and things I did to kind of go with the crowd. I'm sure you have to have a story or two.
1: I have one and it's going to be really like following but not because i really just <laughs> have been such a little weirdo my whole life <laughs> i love
0: that
1: so i'm going to start out by by quoting a poem that i wrote when i was i don't know how old that i was in elementary school oh my
0: gosh i'm so excited about this right now
1: <laughs> when i was born my backside was bare but my top side it had lots of hair and That's a flower true. and a field of potatoes I am like the clouds, I have moods in many of them, and I'm a flower in a field of potatoes. There are many things I can choose to be, but no one can choose to be me because I'm a flower and a field of potatoes.
0: You are so deep, even at this early early age, you are just so deep. I love it so much. I also will say y'all for those of you listening that throughout Cindy's almost her entire life, I would like tease her about this when she would be doing something completely weird or. Different or not weird, just unusual. I'd be like, uh huh, you're a flower in a field of potatoes. And for a while, she hated it. For a while, she hated it, but I think she's embracing it now because she shared this with
1: the whole world. Well, I think partially I felt like a lot of people made fun of, the, of my like creative pull on what that was. But I will say that like the weirdest part about this whole poem scenario my mom got me a hoodie with the poem on it, and that hoodie got freaking stolen. So, obviously, somebody liked my work so much, they stole it. So, I'm going to rock with that.
0: For those of you out there who may have seen the perpetrator wearing this one-of-a-kind hoodie with this poem on it, feel free to report them.
1: It's been like 10 years, but, you know.
0: I don't care. You know somebody somewhere has got a selfie in your hoodie. I'm just
1: saying. That's it's true, but there. I am honored that they like my work enough to steal it.
0: That is a very odd perspective.
1: I mean, they obviously needed it more than I did. <laughs> they were really cold. Like they obviously didn't. <laughs> they did not need it.
0: <laughs> they were thieves.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. So this "flower in a field of potatoes" poem really was just me saying, like, I acknowledge at this very young age that, like, yeah, there's a lot of things I could be doing like other people, but I just can't do it. I just can't. And then in fifth grade, there was a trend of those little jelly bracelets. Do you remember the color jelly bracelets oh, that made, like, yes. a major compact?
0: Yes, yes. They
1: were huge. However, very quickly, the media was like, they're sex bracelets. They're being used inappropriately. Blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm in fifth grade. I'm not having sex. They're bracelets. People like them. It is what it is. My mom was very accepting. And I came to her one day and said, hey, I need ten bucks. I need to go get like five, like packages of these bracelets. I have an idea. Um, everyone really likes them, and she was like, "Yeah, they're, like they're a thing right now." Just making sure that you know what they mean and to be careful and blah blah blah. It's like I know what they mean. People have talked about it. I'm in fifth grade. I have no intention of doing that. But here's my plan. These other kids want them all the time because they're huge right now, and their parents won't let them wear them because of what they mean. So I'm going to rent them out at school. <laughs> And she was like, No, you're not. I was like, Yes, I am. So she gave me the $10 and I went and I bought like five packages of these bracelets. They were lining both of my arms from wrist to elbow and I had them color coordinated. And I would walk into the classroom in the morning and say, What do you want? 25 cents a piece, dollar deposit, don't get it back. And I'm not kidding you, made my $10 back and some the first day and continued this enterprise for the rest of the fifth grade year that this thing was trending. So, yes, I was a follower in a sense because I jumped on the bandwagon of putting my money into those bracelets, but I did it in such an enterprising, separated way. I can't really even justify it as trending because I was kind of taking advantage of the trend. I don't know if that counts, but that's the closest thing I've got.
0: You were a stone cold entrepreneur and like
1: I was. I was like, I hate to say this, but I was like a little gangster of the jelly bracelets.
0: You were so gangster. Oh my gosh, I am just now hearing this story, y'all. I've known her her whole life, and I'm just now hearing this story. And I can see you with your little piggy tails walking in there, and like, okay, yeah. what you want? You could give it back to me, your mama ain't gonna know. It doesn't mean just because you're wearing this one doesn't mean you're gonna do this or that or the other. I remember those bracelets, and I remember your mom talking to me about the bracelets. And I do remember, like, your mom was like, so if the boy breaks off the blue one, then that means the girl has to do this thing. And I'm like, does it now does it really mean that like I mean how often did that actually happen I don't know because I was a grown up
1: by this time and I was not but I never knew anybody who actually like did that I think it was just kind of like lure around them but I don't know trends are silly sometimes and I think people try and take them and make them scary um, because sometimes they are scary I mean like let's look at Tide Pod challenges. Like, that's freaking scary. That is not safe. It is not okay. You're doing damage to your body. And for some reason, like, people are doing this ridiculous thing. So trends can be scary. But I don't think they have to be. I think that you can just let them be trends because they're going to come and they're going to go and they're going to be seasons.
0: Absolutely. I think that that we have this innate fear of what we don't understand so if we look at something and we're like well i don't understand why this is a thing you could either just go huh i'm just not into that or you could be like why is this a thing and you could you know remember that old phrase you look for a devil under every doily mm-hmm. you know you're looking for something to be wrong with it like you're looking for there to be a reason why this thing is bad and it's from the enemy and it's trying to lead us astray and in cases like tide Pods, tide because let's just address this because it was brought up This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. And let's say that you don't die. What is the benefit of this? You record it and you look like an absolute idiot on the internet. Like, what is the payoff? What is the best case scenario from you eating a Thai Todd? That you're willing to risk death. It doesn't taste good. It's not, I can't imagine it satisfying in any way, shape or form. You're gonna feel sick to your stomach after. What's and let's the payoff? Just be Why when the
1: aliens come? They're gonna look at these people and be like, "Not them, <laughs> not them."
0: I mean, what? And this is the deal. If it there, because there have always been trends, and there will always be trends. But I think that what has happened in the age of social media, please see our previous podcast, is that these trends where somebody may. It may be something small with an isolated group of kids at one high school, but because it can get just published and become a trending video that people, their desire is to become internet famous, even if it's for something utterly ridiculous where they look like a fool. And it, it, that just baffles my mind. You know, the Bible tells us in Proverbs, if we walk with the wise, we become wise. But for a companion a fool suffers harm. And I cannot think of a more applicable place for that first than this whole pod, pod, tide, pod thing. Because it's foolishness. And it's foolishness that people are dying over. It baffles my mind. Yeah,
1: I'm in the same boat. It, I mean, why would you risk your life for a trend, to be honest? Like, let's just, let's just be real. And like a a not worthy trend like if it was a worthy cause like i'm gonna risk my life to save people from human trafficking yeah for sure if you if you feel called to that hop on that trend but like there's nothing worthy about that cause other than 15 minutes of fame it's not good thing
0: possibly yeah like potential and if so many people are doing it who is actually going to watch your video and it's also you could think of like Positive trends like the ice bucket challenge—that if people actually donated, could could do some change in the world. Those things could potentially, if people really gave their money instead of just trying to look interesting on the internet, could could foster change. Um, those things, you know, can be positive. But this Tide Pod thing, or I, I hesitate to even say it out loud—the snorting of the condoms up your nose thing. What possible purpose does this serve? And it goes back to that the innate social proof thing. If other people are doing it, we, for some reason, want to do it. And I use the big we because I absolutely have no desire to eat a Tide pot. No desire. But we as human beings, for some reason, want to do it because other people did and that really is the heart of the matter. Do we want to do something that is edifying to Christ, that is furthering our life and can further the gospel? Or do we want to do something that's ridiculous and we're only doing it because perhaps somebody might make fun of us if we don't do it or because we want to have a, a video that's trending? It's just that's what is the heart matter behind these trends that can potentially be harmful?
1: Right. I think it's the absolute perfect question is what is the heart matter? I wanna go back for a second, something I thought about when you were talking about the devil under the doily. It just occurred to me that it's very possible that if you're having that like intense reaction, like, what's wrong with this thing? Why is it bad? Even if it's something that's completely innocent and harmless, it may be your instinct saying, I don't want to go with the grain on this one. It doesn't have to be bad just because you don't want to go with the grain. It's okay to just not go with the grain. Um,
0: Right. It doesn't have to be inherently evil. It just could be ridiculous or foolishness.
1: And I think that that more people are feeling individualism in that moment than they're recognizing. And they're trying to put that in prospect of danger because obviously they're not with the trend. So it must be dangerous. Otherwise, I'd be with it. But really, I think that that's just your intuition saying, I want nothing to do with this. I think that's okay. So it just kind of hit me. I wanted to kind of touch back on that, but I agree.
0: I think that's a very valid point. I really do.
1: I yeah. like that. I do think, though, that the heart matter is, like, the most important question we can ask ourselves about anything. Why am I eating this third tub of ice cream? Something's up in my heart. Why am I putting mud on my face? Something is either really wrong with my skin or I? Got something going on internally, I'm trying to fix. So, I think asking yourself that question in everything is super applicable.
0: And I think breaking it down to that with our children as well, because I'm a mother to teenagers. Sydney has been spared that so far, but it's coming up. And my younger two, the, the ones who are still at home, they would, they are not followers and they would never really participate in these sorts of things. But if I were to sit them down and were to, try to explain the dangers of this to them. I think that that is the way I would go about it. I would be like, what would possibly make you want to participate in this? And where do you think that influence is from? Do you think this is gonna like glorify God in any way? I mean, the chief purpose of man is to glorify God. Is this gonna glorify God in any way, shape, or form? Or is it just gonna help you to like, have, I don't even know what the word for it now is, but street cred with your friends. I'm dating myself, I'm sure, with that one. But, you know.
1: I think street cred's still used. Like, I hear it sometimes. But I don't know if it's used in a joking way.
0: I think it's ironic. Okay, for those of you listening, I ironically used street cred earlier. I just want to, like, stick that. (laughs) Mm That was it. It was an ironic street cred usage. Okay, speaking of street cred, I have to talk about this one instance I saw and I was a first-hand witness to like, a, like a trending stampede. So I had a, an I'm appointment so and I had to kill, I had to kill a little time before my appointment. So I was just kind of driving. I'm not a shopper. I am not a shopper, y'all. I, I, I just am not. But I had recently been in a Marshall's with Sydney when I was visiting her and they had some pretty good clearance sections. And so I was driving by Marshall's and I was like, maybe I should pop in there, see if they have anything for the blog, you know, like cute cutting boards or serving platters or something. And it would be worth going in there because I do have this time to kill. Normally, I would not pop. I, I don't think I'd ever been in a Marshall's before Sydney took me in one when I was visiting. Shout out to and by the way, she she took me in like five times. Let's be honest. I was there for three days. We went there so many times. It's, we went to too many stores. But that, that's an aside. So I so I pull up, and there is a line out the door of women and their children. And some of them, some of these women start running to get to the line. Like, they are they want to beat the woman that's walking next to them. And I am like, what the frickity frack is going on here? Like, I have no idea. So I just kind of sat in my car for a moment and witnessed the spectacle. Because the store had not opened yet, but it was due to open in, like, two or three minutes. Literally probably about 75 to 100 women just grouped around the door just that you the the feeling of excitement was palpable in my car i could feel it i was like what is happening here i don't i didn't know if a famous person was going to be in there i didn't know if the pioneer woman was going to be signing something up in here i don't know what's happening so i wait till they open the door and the stampede is over and then i mosey on in And when I walk into this store, it was pandalirium, folks. Women had carts. They had thrown their kids in the carts. They were running through the aisles. They're they're going up to these shelves, and they are clearing the shelves, just scraping everything into their carts. Women are squealing with delight. They're yelling at their friends, it's over here, it's over here. It was, like, insane. So I'm, like literally just walking around feeling like an anthropologist, like studying some strange culture because I have no earthly idea what is happening. So after the furor dies down and the women are being more calm, they've congregated near the front of the store. And I could hear them saying, well, okay, I have eight of this and I will let you have one of them if you let me have that one over there. And so I kind of walk up and I'm kind of trying to look and I, I still don't get it y'all i still don't get it so i asked one of the women on the fringe i said excuse me ma'am y'all are clearly excited about something i just don't know what it is could you just fill me in and she goes oh it's the ray Dunham pottery and i'm like is what now now that she's pointed it out to me i see it everywhere but it wasn't on my radar it wasn't my a thing <clears throat> and she's like, it's Ray Dunham Pottery. It's this really popular pottery. And people want to buy all these specific pieces. And people will get it. And then they'll sell it for three times you know, what it's what they bought it for on the internet. And it's just this really, really big thing. And we barter and we trade. And we have a Facebook group. And we all communicate. I came from Katie. For those of you who don't know the Houston area, she drove an hour and 20 minutes to get to this store to buy this Ray Dunham Pottery. So I start to look in their parts and just glance at these things. And I was like, okay. And later on, I came home and I was like, I'm just going to Google this and just see what this is about. And for those of you who love Ray Dunham Pottery, great. But it is the most simplest thing in the world. It is just white pottery with a word on it. Like a coffee mug with the word coffee. Or a coffee mug with the word tea. A butter dish with the word butter. Now, God bless Ray Dunham, because this stuff is selling. Like, I think these women... Yes. Hashtag amazing. These women were, like, in a furor over this stuff. And so, as I went to my appointment and went on without my day, I was like, would these women care about this butter dish or this coffee cup or this platter if all the other women didn't care about it. If you just walked past it in Marshalls, completely oblivious to the idea of what it was, would you care about it? Like, if I walked past it and I saw this platter that said, sir.
1: Platter. <laughs>
0: platter! Would I want that platter? Probably not. But the fact that all these women were clamoring, literally for half a second, and I am not a follower, y'all. But for half a second, I looked at it and goes, I looked at it and went, There has to be something interesting about this. There has to be some intrinsic value to it. Otherwise, why are these women freaking out? But really, the value is that women are freaking out about it. These women were talking about how they had sent their husbands to other stores across town, and their husbands were FaceTiming them. And it was like the thrill of the hunt. And like victory if they have a mug that another lady doesn't have, or they have a piece that another woman doesn't have. It makes them feel good about themselves and it gives them something to get excited about and in that way it was great but in another way if and a lot of these women had young children with them if i've got toddlers i don't really want to have to get up at six o'clock in the morning strap them into the car throw some cheerios at them and drive an hour and a half across town to get a white dish that says butter on it but that's just me i found this so interesting and just that whole the whole group mentality the whole stampede the whole the whole thing i was just blown away by i texted sydney and i said sydney i got caught up in a basic girl stampede just saying it it happened I texted her, and she was like, what are you talking about? I told her what happened, and she was like, oh, my
1: gosh. This is it was so happened. surreal. When she was telling me about it. I was like, oh, my gosh, this must be, like, a weird Texas thing because I go into Marshalls and TJ Maxx all the time. I just do. I don't know why. It's, like, a weird thing of mine. But I also get, like, dish soap and salt there. That's, like, where my some of my actual staples come from. Yeah, so when I walk into Marshalls or TJ Maxx, like, there's so much of this pottery just sitting on the shelf. Like, this is not a thing in Florida. So, yeah, I definitely think that that goes to show you that when communities around you are driving towards something, it can kind of push you because it's not a thing here. However, for any of you Texas-going ladies who are doing this, you want some cheap radon pottery, hit me up. Email us online. I got you. (laughs) Our marshals and TJ Maxx are full of it. So just let me know.
0: And I'm not at all saying that there's anything wrong with wanting the Ray Dunn pottery. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, with that. But it just, the question in my mind is, if this wasn't hashtag trending, would these women be getting up and driving across town first thing in the morning to open a Marshall's to get this pottery? And I just, that's the question. Now I'm, I'm going to confess. I've stood in mind before for something. I did it. Looking back on it, I'm not proud about it, but... We lived in Germany at the time. My first husband was in the military. And this was our second tour of duty in Germany. Um, We didn't really have television. I was pregnant. I'm blaming hormones for this one, y'all. I stood in line to buy Beanie Babies. (laughs) I'm pausing there to let you gasp or laugh, much like Sydney did. There was... I succumbed to the pressure. I... There was nothing else to do in Germany. This is my defense. We had no American culture there. like chalets, chalets,
1: hiking, bakeries. None of that was important at all in, in Germany.
0: We didn't have American culture. And we longed for home. So when somebody had the brilliant idea to import some beanie babies for the stupid Americans on base, it became a thing. And I literally stood in line. To get my hands on some Beanie Babies. And there were rules, y'all. There were rules. You couldn't buy a bear unless you bought five other Beanie Babies. And you, only, you could only get one bear per person unless you bought like some other item. It was like crazy. I made my husband stand in line with me to get because i wanted two bears if they had two bears and we drug our son to this because potentially we may need to get three bears but if we got three bears that means we had to buy 15 other beanie babies y'all 15 other beanie babies it became this thing and all of my friends were doing it and it was interesting i actually bought a beanie baby magazine so i could look up what beanie babies were worth okay this was before the internet was big y'all it was barely starting So you couldn't even shop on the internet at this point in time. That's how long ago it was. I know some of you are thinking, what? There was a day and age when you couldn't shop on the internet? Yes, this is the day we were living in. There was no Amazon. There was no Amazon. I couldn't get anything from America, so these beanie babies were there, and I wanted them. But I remember the day, my son's favorite one was this frog. I can still see this frog to this day. So we had these little heart-shaped plastic protectors that went over the tags. Because, you know, we were those people, y'all. And my son had this frog. And the frog was actually, at the time, supposedly valuable. Now, I'm aware that something's only worth what someone will pay for it. But this frog was his favorite one. So I tentatively let him play with it. But I was like, you've got to be careful. You've got to treat it nice. Because this frog's going to be worth money one day. And I remember we had a two-story house. And he was playing on the stairs. And I remember the moment and it couldn't have been more poetic for what type of Beanie Baby it was, that he threw the Beanie Baby into the air, it went end over end over end, and landed in the mop bucket with a ginormous splash. It, it oh. was this moment of like, oh no! Like if I could have gone in slow motion and batted away from the mop bucket, I would have because I was so like into this Beanie Baby thing. I remember I had pictures. Of when my um, son was born. That we like surrounded him with Beanie Babies. Like something out of E.T. I'm talking about Beanie Babies and E.T. I'm totally dating myself y'all. But. If any of you want to ironically watch E.T. So you can know what I'm talking about. Feel free. But there's this scene in the movie. Where where the mom comes in the room. And E.T.'s hiding. and But he's hiding amidst all the stuffed animals. And so she doesn't see him. And so we did that. With my baby and Beanie Babies. So. There have been times where I followed the crowd. Now, I wasn't eating the Tide Pod, y'all, but there wasn't anything inherently harmful about it. Could I have used that money towards a better goal? Probably, but it made me happy in the time, and so I can see the benefit of the pottery or other various and things. I'm not at all, like, hating on people who enjoy these things. I just think that we need to be balanced in what we do.
1: So, quick note, Legs the Frog, circa 1990s, is worth 80 bucks now.
0: That's 80 bucks I could have had right now if that frog hadn't gone in the mop bucket.
1: Yeah, I just thought Blue that hair was cheap. ain't cheap,
0: y'all. Gonna use that money.
1: So there's a particular Legs the Frog. I don't know which one you had, but it's
0: $700. We had the first one. We had the original Legs.
1: Okay, so yeah. That one
0: was... Okay, you just broke my heart, Sydney.
1: I'm sorry. Why that's, do you
0: have to hate me so much to bring this up during the podcast? I do have to find some way to persevere. But that's now I'm really, like, thinking about this. $700. If i only took it from my child and not let my child enjoy his toy and put it on the shelf, we could enjoy $700
1: right now. Mm-hmm. But is $700 worth the joy and happiness he had in destroying that and having such a good time with the toy? <laughs> like, can you put a price on his happiness? Like, let's just be real.
0: <laughs> this is what people say when ads they snort condoms. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> you could be entirely correct on that. Any mother who says he's okay, he's just happy snorting that condom, you may need to reevaluate your parenting if that's how you feel. But
0: pray. Just a little bit of prayer.
1: Just a little bit. Maybe some just, fasting.
0: Maybe. Just uh, maybe. <laughs>
1: Okay, so I'm gonna take this time to segue into like a weird trend I recently discovered. Um I'm I am mildly obsessed, but not with the actual trend, with like why people are obsessed with this thing. And I'm sure a lot of you have heard of it. It's called that poppy. This
0: I will confess I've never heard of it. So I'm gonna get to be like an innocent person on the sidelines, like as she explains this and I can react. As you may react if you haven't
1: heard of it. So if you haven't heard of that poppy, at first I was like, this is awful and weird and maybe like the worst thing I've ever seen. It's like super subliminal message like feel.
0: Okay, but what is it exactly? Like explain
1: what it is exactly. Right, so, so that poppy is essentially like a 23-year-old gr- blonde girl who stands in front of a camera and looks into middle space, which if you don't know, looking at the camera is like dead space, like you're looking on. If you turn kind of like 45 degree to your right or left and you're looking in open air, that's called middle space. So she like looks in middle space and she addresses the camera as if she were supposed to be looking at it. But she sounds almost like computer-esque, almost like you'd expect Siri to be in body. And she just like repeats things in a very monotone way flat way until it literally has no meaning because she said it in in the exact same way or in different ways saying the same message and they're like very obvious things it's just kind of creepy at first glance but like this is exploding on the internet people love her like her videos have 15 million plus views it is like this weird crazy thing to the point where people are getting tattoos of like elements of her videos
0: don't go hating on tattoos
1: no, I'm not hitting on tattoos, but when you get a watch with 336 tattooed to your wrist because it's in a video, like that's just a little weird. I mean do your thing, but it just blew my mind, at very least. However, as I started like digging into this and watching videos, I started noticing kind of like a central theme. That every video was kind of poking fun at pop culture today and at government today and at like what's acceptable today and like it's big trends and big themes. Like, she was deliberately calling it out, but in a very passive way. And I was like, okay, I can kind of get behind this. This is kind of interesting. So as I look further into it, essentially Poppy is just the puppet. I don't think any of, like, to the best of my knowledge, which most of it's very secretive, which is kind of adding to that element of strange, but to the best of my knowledge, what I can research, she's not the actual creator behind any of this. There's a guy working with her. He's the creator. I think he's very angsty. He's obviously very anti-government, very anti-rich people, but it's... But how
0: much money he's making with this YouTube page? Oh, oh asking. Oh, so, so much.
1: So <laughs> much. It's ridiculous. However, at first glance to me, like, it was that whole mentality of like, oh no, this is bad, this is awful, and really boggled my mind. The more I look into it, the more I'm like, okay, this is super cool. But not because it's some pretty 23-year-old girl sitting there looking like a robot. Because there's a message behind it. And I think that's very, like, I don't know, I think it's very sneaky and cool. But it's just as one of those things that recently boggled my mind. I was like, how is this a thing at all? Because at first glance, and I would assume that most people who don't research the crap out of things like I do are probably just like, oh, she's so cool. She looks and sounds like a robot. She's saying nonsensical things. Like, if that's where most people are following her and, like, this is a a cult following for that, that concerns me. But overall, this whole that Poppy thing that I've recently stumbled upon is really kind of, like, making me chew on some things I didn't know I had to chew on. And if any of you out there follow that Poppy, I would love to get your feedback because... It's been, like, stirring my soul. I don't know why, but it's making me really ask some questions and dig in and, like, research and look at elements of life that I hadn't really thought about. So that's the trend that I'm on right now is I don't know if I'm actually following the trend or if I'm following why other people are following the trend, but regardless, I'm in it. So if you're in it, I would love to know why.
0: That's a very interesting perspective. I am following the people who are following the trend.
1: I think that's just where I always have stood though I mean I didn't care about those bracelets but everyone else did so I followed their desire to follow I kind of led their desire to follow with enterprise and although I have no intention of enterprising off of that poppy um I am like I'm me at the bit waiting to see how this turns out and how people react and if people start getting that there's like a message behind it I'm just super interested so we'll see where that goes Hopefully not down the rabbit hole. Hopefully.
0: You know, there could be a devil under that
1: bullet. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so scared. I think somewhere in the Bible, just like once or twice maybe, it tells you, uh, do not fear.
0: Maybe. I, that might be in there. I, I'm not, you know, I, I should read
1: more <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who do not pick up on sarcasm...
0: That was we, sarcastic. We do
1: know that there that is actually in the Bible. So. Yes. I just thought about people being like, okay, that's definitely in there. You guys are crazy. Yes, please, don't, like,
0: please don't write us. We're aware. I've done studies on fear. We got it. Please don't write our text. I mean, write or email or whatever, but about other things. About that, we're good. We got it.
1: Yeah. We are aware. <laughs>
0: okay, I have to share something I found recently. And this thing blew my mind it was the freakiest thing i ever saw i literally we watched it before we went to bed and i was flabbergasted my husband turned it off started to walk and turn off lights i'm like wait we have to discuss this this was so bizarre and it was called the push you can watch it on netflix you can stream it it was so interesting the basic premise behind it was about how we through manipulation and social pressure, we can get anyone to do anything. And the show opened up with your there's two men kind of sitting on a roof somewhere and they're looking into a coffee shop. And one of the men calls the manager of the coffee shop on the phone and he says to him, Do you see the woman? Do you see this woman with the red pram? For those of you who don't know, a pram is a stroller in Great Britain. So He's like, yes, yes, I see her. He's like, okay, I want you to uh, call me on your cell phone so that this phone is free, and then I need you to follow my instructions. And he's like, okay. So he calls him on his cell phone. He's like, okay, I want you to go up to the woman, and I want you to tell her that she has a phone call. And after you do that, I need you to take the pram and walk out of the cafe. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, this woman is a well-known child abductor. This baby is in danger. You have to take the baby. You have to walk out with this baby. And he's like, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable with this. And the guy kept pushing. He said, take the phone to her. Tell her she has a phone call. And my colleague is going to be on the line. And then take the baby and walk out of the coffee shop with it. And the man did it. With literally, at the most, two minutes instruction and pressure the man just said over the phone he was an inspector with the so-and-so police department the man literally stole a baby in a stroller now the woman was a plant the stroller was a plant the baby was a lifelike doll. but with two minutes of pressure they got this man to kidnap a child and walk out of his place of business with it I was hooked I was immediately hooked on this show and I desperately wanted to watch the whole thing so they do this elaborate scenario, and right now, spoiler alert, if you don't want me to spoil it, then fast forward through the next few few minutes because I'm gonna spoil it. So they do this elaborate scenario where they get this, this man who has an IT company, and they bring him, they talk to him about this, this charity, and this would be a great opportunity for maybe to donate some work, but to get lots of exposure to very famous people, and they bring him into this scenario, and they put him through this myriad of like situations and tasks to like make him end up being subservient to the to the main guy that's acting in the scenario. Everyone in the scenario is an actor except this one guy, and they just they get him to do this one small thing, and then he does the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the big question at the end is, will he push? A man off a building for someone he's just met it was so interesting so we follow this one guy's whole story through the whole thing and, and they put this guy through the ringer y'all i'm not going to tell you everything because i would love for you to watch it but they put this guy through the ringer and then at the end they're like you've got to do it you've got to do it you've got to push him you got this is the only way to save all of our situations it's the only way to benefit this charity and they're like either do it or leave and the guy says no, I won't do it and he walks off the roof and he's like going to go home and just deal with the consequences of the other actions that he's done well, they stop him and they tell him that it was the whole show and the guy's like, "Oh okay, done it but then they had done it with four other people now we don't follow their entire story because that would be very boring and repetitious so there were five people total that they did this scenario with for manipulating them and controlling them and getting them to do one little bad thing that they wouldn't normally do to another to another to where they're to the point that they're asking them to to kick a corpse to make it look like the person fell to finally the big push at the end literally to see if they would push a man off the building everybody else except for the first guy they show pushes the man off the building every single one of these people commits murder in their heart and mind, because they shoved the man off the building thinking he's going to die. It was amazing to me, the manipulation in this situation and how easy it was for them to take these normal people and to get them to do this horrific thing. And to me, the biggest part that was so freaky is, you know, the Bible tells us, you know, if we look upon a person to lust, we've committed adultery. If we think of murder in our hearts, that we've committed murder. So even though the man was hooked up to Two cables and didn't really die these people had the intent to commit murder and then when they were told oh um he's been pumped y'all this was just a, a big elaborate scheme to show social pressures and how they can work on people they were all so relieved and happy and they were hugging the people and i was like you just murdered somebody it blew me away
1: yeah it's mind-boggling and i think that like psalm 118 fits in really well here it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. They were putting confidence in man to their detriment, to the point of murdering somebody. Like, that is mind-boggling.
0: It was so interesting because they there were parts in it when they showed the science behind why some people were more easily manipulated than others. And they had three plants in a room, and there was a long line of chairs, and they were filling out paperwork to be on a show. They thought that they were going to be on some other type of magic show. So they had three people in the room, and every time a bell would be rung, they would either sit or stand, depending on whether they were sitting or standing, obviously. So then they brought people in one at a time and said, This is your seat. This is your seat. And without any prompting, without any direction, they started sitting and standing when the bell would be rung. they are filling out paperwork, which is very awkward? But they were just doing it because they saw everyone else doing it. And the people who either sat or stood and did not conform to the ringing of the bell, which is very papillomian by the way, they were like, thank you for coming, thank you very much, have a nice day. They like sent them on the way because they were clearly, these people are not going to cave under social pressure. So they did weed out people who might not respond the way they wanted to respond. And in the case of the one man who didn't push the guy off the building, they were really surprised. But they had, there were little acts of defiance along the way they were, where they were like, I don't know that he's going to do it. I don't think he's going to do it. But four out of five people were able to be manipulated enough to push a man to his death. Four out of five people. I found that beyond, beyond interesting. And I...
1: It just drives home that trending thing. Like, like it is all manipulation. It really is. It's it's social pressure, on what what to buy, how to act, what to wear. I mean, to the point of potentially murdering somebody, which is a little terrifying.
0: This is an extreme example, and I don't think for a second that if your child is like snorting tide pods or condoms filled with tide pods, because that's going to be the next thing. You heard (laughs) it here first, folks. If
1: you're while being. And, like,
0: you know, they had displayed the Tide plastic condoms on Ray Dunn Pottery. You know, if your child is doing these things, I don't think that they have the potential that they're going to be pushing people off the buildings next. That's not what I'm saying. But what this show really highlighted was how easily some people are to be manipulated. And I just think we're finding that over and over and over again. And Matthew, you know, the Bible tells us, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only if you find it. And I think that we really have to focus in on that. If if the crowd is going one direction, we are called to be countercultural. We are called to be different than the crowd. And we are...
1: And that doesn't mean defiant. That does no. not mean defiant.
0: And that does not mean standing out in front of a movie theater with a bullhorn and telling people they're going to hell. And you know, Jesus hates bad people. I'm not even gonna say the derogatory word that they use, but it's just saying that we are called to be countercultural in a way that shows people Christ, that they want what we have, that they see a difference in us than the world. We're not necessarily called to be countercultural to the point that we're obnoxious, but we are called to be countercultural in a way that shows the love of Christ, that shows wisdom, that shows grace. And we're not doing these things if we get caught up in hashtag everything that's trending.
1: Amen. Amen. I mean, absolutely. I think trendings a distraction, and I I actually think that christians use that and a lot of times they're like let's let's get jesus trending so that people will want to be a part of this and see see the amazingness of it like we don't have to do that jesus is enough on his own his word is enough on his own we don't have to make him more attractive and i feel like we just get so hung up on these trends it's just
0: but it's also comfortable It it is comfortable to be part of just like everyone else, it's comfortable to just fit in and not to stand out and not to draw attention. It's comfortable, but we as followers of Christ are not called to be comfortable. We're called to be uncomfortable. We're called to be in situ- put ourselves in situations to where we are trying to share the gospel with people. We're, we guard our testimony fervently, and we, you know, love the Lord. Lord we love the Lord more than anything else, even baby babies.
1: Or jelly bracelets,
0: Or jelly bracelets, or a platter that says platter.
1: So this is the one that always gets me when it comes to quote-unquote trends. I don't know that it's considered a trend, but money. Money is like the driving force of the culture, even behind trends. It's like, how do we get more money? How do we raise our status? How can we travel more and have what we want? This is the one that I'm still chewing on. I don't know that I'm prepared to speak on it today, but maybe another time.
0: Well, I think that that, again, goes to the heart matter of the trend. Where are we, like, okay, here's the thing that's trending on Instagram. Is these, like, loop-shaped, amazing-looking churros that are dipped in chocolate and sprinkled with heaven dust. These things look amazing. Can I ever eat one of these things ever in the history of Earth? No. A, let's talk about carbs. But be gluten, y'all. I can't have one of these amazing churros that it seems like everyone on the planet is having. I just, unless I make it myself, and let's be honest, at that point I'm going to be tired of the churro and not want to eat it because I've had to work too hard for it. But, so, do I get discontent with my life because my Instagram can't look like everybody else's Instagram because I'm not going to be eating a loop-shaped churro, like, and, you know, sipping some sort of coffee drink that was made on a, Rock lobster. This is what I call it. What is it really called?
1: A rock lobster?
0: Remember, I was calling that thing when you were visiting. I was calling that coffee thing a rock lobster, but it was really something
1: else. Oh, a clover.
0: A clover. And I was like, I got to get you coffee from a rock lobster in your life. (laughs) Or am I just going to be content with my life, what I can do with what my limitations are, whether financially, whether my dietary restrictions or just whether my geographic location of whether they have these churros in my area. I think when it is so important to us to follow these trends just for the sake of following them, that is where the issue of where our heart is, where we're putting our treasure. Are we putting our treasure on our Instagram feed because it's like on fleek y'all? Or are we putting our treasure in heavenly things that have value for eternity?
1: absolutely i think where that validation comes in is the absolute answer to the question it just is and we can't answer that for you and we can't answer that for your kids or your neighbor but maybe that's the hard question the homework to go home and, and work on is why do you want those white bottom sandals that are like a remake from the 90s that are so popular right now why do you really really want that ice cream that's been mushed up and rolled out on a big flat thing and scooped into little rolls. Like, why are these things so desirable to you? Just because they're now in your line of focus, they're not important,
0: right? There's nothing inherently wrong with them at all. But there no, is not. there is something wrong with being discontent if I don't have this pretty rolled flower ice cream. That's exactly. where. It, that's where. It, so exactly, where is your heart? Where does your heart lie with this matter? If you are giving to missionaries and tithing and serving the lord and you have the biggest rate done pottery collection in the entire known universe i want to see it because i'm sure that that makes you very happy but if your heart is in the right place is the most important thing in any of these trends are we following it because we're afraid to stand out like i was when i was a little girl and i was afraid to say that i loved blue or are we following it because it truly does make us happy
1: not like avocados for me like avocados became a huge trend and coconut oil and I've been using them for a long time but they became like a huge trend and I was like well they actually do make my life better so I'm just gonna keep using them and it wasn't a matter of everyone else is using them I have to use them now it's so healthy they actually made me happy and made my life better so it's okay to be involved in a trend we're not saying that's a bad thing and you're basic if you're if you're doing it just make sure your heart's in the right place
0: Absolutely, and if blue hair became a thing and everybody had it, that would literally make me happy because the color blue makes me happy. So if at some point I fit in with the crowd, which I just don't see happening, but okay, let's say it happens, then I would honestly be okay with that because this is who I am. I'm the blue-haired girl with the tattoos who loves Jesus, Auburn football, and her her guys. This is who I am. So if that became the thing, I'd be okay with it because it's something I genuinely
1: So something I want to do is invite you to share with us via email or comment on the blog and um, just dialogue with us about your experience with trends. And if you have an experience that you're currently going through or someone that you know that's going through something that you need prayer, we would love to join you in that. And just breaking that tie to those trends and to that need for validation from the world. So we would love to join you and partner with you in that. Feel free to join us on blog space
0: yes please check us out on our blog it's survivingyourself.com super easy and please join us next time when we will be discussing surviving streaming i think this one's gonna be a fun one sydney and i are going to share our favorite things that we're streaming right now and talk about them a little bit and then just discuss the whole culture of streaming versus watching something live as it's on television i think it would be a really interesting one
1: and keep in mind I am an exclusive streamer. I do not have any other services. So it's going to be fun.
0: And we are soon about to become a streamer-only family. So we're going to be making that transition. So it should be a very interesting podcast. I look forward to recording it. I look forward to compiling my favorite things to watch. And Sydney's going to record some of her favorite TED Talks and things that she listens to. And I think it's going to be a really fun one. So be sure to subscribe to us so you don't miss out on that one.
1: As always, a... Are so thankful for you taking your time and sitting with us and letting us be a part of your day. We love you. We're praying for you. Keep surviving.